0: All right, guys, welcome to episode 13 of the Aquascaping Podcast. I'm your host, JR, Art, and joining us today is Sean. We're going to be talking about aquascaping videography and what Sean calls aquarium woo. Visit us at aquascapingpodcast.com and send your comments and questions to aquascapingpodcast.gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe and rate on iTunes. All right, the first item here is camera jitter. Oh God, this can ruin an aquascaping video. I've seen some awesome aquascapes out there and the videos just don't do it justice because the camera work is bad. So number one, tripod, biggest thing, put your camera on a tripod. Uh, And if you don't have a tripod, you should definitely get one. It'll just make your videos look way more professional. Uh, But if you don't have one, you can use uh, either a small... I've seen people use small bean bags uh, or even just anything that'll secure your camera so that you don't have to hold on to it and that it'll be completely still. Okay, so now that you're on the tripod, that isn't enough. You also have to eliminate floor shake and touching the camera. Those two things, uh, those are big no-nos. And I've seen people using tripods And then i'll see a little bump or a little you know vibration or shake and the reason is because they're either taking a step forward or back or maybe slightly bumping the tripod or they're they're touching the camera those are all things to avoid you want to also remain still yourself to ensure that you get a completely still shot if you're just creating a social video and you're talking and kind of pointing out things And interacting with the audience that's one thing that's totally fine but if you're trying to create more of a showpiece you want to suspend disbelief you don't want people to be aware that you are there creating that video and that's why it's important to not include those little camera bumps that tripod shake that all kind of uh, takes away and ruins the illusion uh, of the one-on-one experience you want the audience to have with your aquascape
1: Today, I want to take some time to talk to you guys about aquarium woo and what I mean by aquarium woo uh, That's my term for the kind of magical mystical products out there um, That won't do much to help you improve your aquascaping improve your tank, uh, but will definitely Separate your money from your wallet the first product I want to talk about is one that I ran across when I first came into the hobby and um, It really didn't sucker me in but I was really interested in it just because there were a lot of people who were actually purchasing it and I was wondering you know, why are they getting this thing when it just on the surface sounds way too good to be true. And so this product was called the Eco Aqualizer. Some of you may have heard of it, others you may not have um, and I don't think it's actually still available. I tried to look it up before uh, before doing this bit and I couldn't really find the actual website whereas when I first looked into it I could definitely find a sales website for this product. So what this thing had claimed to do is that it was going to um, reduce your maintenance, almost eliminate it completely. It was also going to cure any disease, eliminate any pathogens you may have in your tank. It was gonna improve the health of your fish, of your plants. Basically everything was going to get easier and better if you buy this product and you plug it into your tank. What it was, was a, essentially a tube with two hose fittings, barb fittings at the end, where you could uh, um, plumb in a a pump or a canister filter to run water through it. And what it claimed to do was to polarize water molecules, align them in some uh, way that would do all of these things that it was claiming the product would do. All we have to do is make our water molecules align a certain way. That's our problem in our tanks, right? I guess it's a disharmonious uh, water molecules causing disease and uh, growth problems and plants and uh, just making your life difficult. And there are people out there buying it. Some people bought it, I think, because they were skeptics like me and they wanted to debunk it. Uh, so on YouTube, and you may be able to find these videos still, I haven't, uh, haven't checked, but I found videos of people who had bought them uh, and these things were going for, you know, 30, 40, 50, even I think $60, depending upon the size you needed for the volume of your tank. Because this, uh, you know, you this mechanism, this thing needed to, to upsize with the volume of your aquarium, right? Um, as well as the upcharge for the increased size of the tube. Uh, so people were cutting this open and what they found inside were nothing but rows of magnets. You know, you didn't even have to plug this thing in. It was this passively operating... A uh, device that was going to solve all of these problems and I think in the eco aqualizer we see a lot of the telltale signs of what I call aquarium woo
0: there's three shots that I'm going to call the key shots for an aquascaping video to create interest and story And the first on the list is the wide-angle introduction shot that shows more than just the aquascape. It shows the environment that it's in. It shows uh, what room it's in. It shows what's above and below it. Maybe some of the equipment, the cabinet. Uh, It kind of sets the stage for the rest of the video. The second is the full front shot. And surprisingly enough, I've seen some aquascaping videos out there that are all close up and you never see the the aquascape as a whole. Uh, This is a very important shot and should probably be more than half of the edited clips should be that entire aquascape. Now that doesn't mean it has to be all from the front. Uh, It could be from the side, from above, um, all different cool, interesting angles. But the point being is that the entire aquascape is within the frame and third are the close-up shots the macro shots and these can be really interesting but they should be regarded as accent pieces that are sprinkled throughout your video think of it kind of like a dessert you know it tastes really good but if you have too much you know you overdo it Okay, white balance, this is a really big one in video, more so than in photography, because in a video from one clip to the next, if the white balance and color temperature has changed, it's very obvious. So one thing you never want to do is shoot an auto white balance, never, ever, ever in video. You want to select either daytime or cloudy or tungsten, whatever gets you in the ballpark and stick with that. Or if you want to be more accurate, use a gray card. Or if you know the Kelvin temperature of your lights, let's say they're 6,500K, Just dial in 6500K into your Kelvin temperature for your white balance on your camera, and you'll probably be pretty close, or you can adjust up and down from there uh, to kind of hone it in to your liking. Now, the most important point of this whole thing is that the white balance is set at a specific number and is not going to change so when you get into editing one clip to the next to the next to the next is going to have the exact same color now if you want to adjust color and do color correction in your video editing software you can do it to one clip and now apply it to the rest and you'll have a continuity throughout the entire video When shooting anything that has a lot of red or green, the camera tends to get tripped up and overexposed. So you want to make sure you know how to use and understand exposure compensation. Uh, You know, you want to go a little bit lower than what it's trying to do. And that way you get a more true sense of the color and exposure of those greens, or if you have a lot of reds, in your aquarium.
1: If a product is making these promises that are just really um, out there, they're going to promise to essentially eliminate a lot of the real um, concrete building blocks of a good tank keeper uh, maintenance. Uh, things like that, then I think it's time to start looking at that with some skepticism. And that was one thing it definitely was making a promise that you were not going to have to do maintenance on your tank or clean it or clean this product. Um, So if it's promising to ditch basically things that are good, standard, sound practices, um, start to get skeptical. The other thing is it was promising shortcuts to a good, uh, healthy tank. And that goes along with that elimination of maintenance. There really aren't a lot of shortcuts. There's ways you can minimize various aspects of caring for an aquascape or a planted tank, but eliminating them is just not realistic. And so um, the other thing here that the the Eco Aqualizer did is it promised a one solution to all your problems. Um, basically, this one device could uh, could improve upon multiple facets of your aquascape. It could eliminate disease. It would get rid of pathogens, so uh, plant disease, fish disease, um, you know uh, anything that may be floating in the water, things like you know algae. It would get rid of algae, um, all of these things, and it was going to do it using a single mechanism, this one size fits all problems, um, and that begins to be unrealistic as well as we know, um, or you, you're learning as you you get further into the hobby. That, you know, different algaes may have different causes or there may be different aspects to each setup or tank that's causing there to be a problem with growth in your plants. And so the problem solving troubleshooting uh, steps aren't necessarily going to identify the same cause and certainly not going to say, you know, you're not going to find the solution being the polarization of water molecules Um so that right there is showing that this product is really out there and it's doing nothing more than trying to um, to get money from naive hobbyists who genuinely want to make their lives easier as a hobbyist and they also want to see, you know, you want to have the best tank you can have and give it every chance for that. Um, you know, Harmonious is a nice thing and we all want balance in our tanks, right? I mean, a lot of us will talk about balance, striking a balance between light and CO2 supply, and fertilizers and stocking levels. I mean, essentially, we are trying to strike this biological balance. But an additive isn't going to get you there. Um, That, again, goes back to those good standard practices of good husbandry and horticulture, not some mystical powder. And so I think, you know, these things about the the term harmonious um, energy Um, all natural, these things are, are marketing terms. They're not quantifiable, you can't measure them and see a difference in what's occurring within your tank.
0: One thing to keep in the back of your mind when you're transitioning from one shot to another is to pay attention to where your eye is. If the action's happening on the left side of the frame on one shot, when you transition to the next, you don't really want your eye to be immediately drawn to the other side of the screen. Uh, it kind of creates a dissonance. Of course, there's you know exceptions to that rule, but if you kind of keep this in mind going from one shot to the next, try to keep that action point or focus point in the same general area of the screen or the frame, and you'll make it easier for the viewer to transition with you from one shot to the next. One of the reasons for shooting zoomed in or with a telephoto lens for your close-up shots, not only can you frame the subject better, but whatever's behind it is going to be zoomed and magnified. So if you have a small plant or anything behind it, you're going to magnify it in the background and also blur it out more. So that object now becomes uh, more of an abstract shape. And, color. and if there's light hitting it, you'll have uh, gradients. And it just looks a lot more professional that way. So that's one reason why when you're shooting your close-up shots, zoom in. If you want to learn more about the relationship between focal length and aperture uh, in depth of field and the different effects that we can create uh, by using a mixture of those two, check out our second episode, aquascapingpodcast.com. Go to episode number two. Uh, which is all about photography and it has a lot of information uh, about this subject and other subjects that relate directly to aquascaping videography.
1: Um, Another thing that sometimes other products have talked about is a revolutionary or undiscovered technology, science, or properties. You know, something that no one else has either discovered yet or that is a secret among the best, uh, the pros, but they're not sharing it. Now you can for a limited time uh, get the product that all, they're all using, that type of a thing. That right there out of the gates is more marketing. It's not something I think that um, really makes a difference uh, and you should be skeptical of it. So you know, a final example of uh of something that was kind of borderline aquarium woo, uh, for me that I purchased when I first started were were uh, substrate heating cables. Now the the science behind them is they're saying you know you put these at the base of the aquarium, they're going to heat the water there. That water is then going to rise through the substrate, and it's going to keep your substrate from becoming anaerobic. It's going to move water through, thus oxygenating your substrate, providing more oxygen to the plant roots. And getting better growth all of that is true that will happen if you heat the base of the aquarium the only thing that isn't being mentioned is if you're growing plants in your substrate the plant roots are already doing those things the plant roots are already transporting oxygen throughout the substrate they're already helping move water through it and they prevent the substrate from being anaerobic so will putting these cables in the bottom make a difference Are you going to be able to see a difference between a tank with the cables and without? Many people saw there was no difference, or at least it was an immeasurable difference. And I think that's another important thing to think about is, is this difference measurable? As in, can I see it in a shorter period of time where I notice that I have more leaf growth, stronger stems, a better color, all of these things, and is it, you know, can that effect be replicated with another tank with those heating cables? What proponents of the, of the product said is that, well, you really have to run the tank for a number of, of years to really see that added benefit that the cables are giving you. And I think when you start to hear someone say that, you know, your time frame is too small here, you know, months, we need to look at years. If the effect is so minuscule that it can only be quantified after a year or two, then I start to question whether or not that effect is real. And if that effect isn't real or if it's so small, is it worth the investment or the hassle? Um, because the cables were uh, would be a big pain in the butt for a rescape they would get tied up in plant roots if you're moving plants. I don't know about you guys, but um, my aquascapes definitely evolve. I'm not a set it and forget it aquascaper. Sometimes I'm putting a plant in and then later I decide I don't like it there and I'll move it somewhere else. Or maybe I pull a stem out and say I want something a different color there, a different leaf shape. You know, My scapes are always evolving. Sometimes I like to use the same Uh, hardscape with a different planting setup. So I don't want to move things a lot. And the cables would make it difficult. And so if I'm not getting a good benefit out of that and I'm getting a large hassle, this product isn't helping me.
0: All right, it's time to drop in your soundtrack. Stay away from lyrics, popular music, uh, because you're going to turn away a portion of your audience right from the beginning just because they don't like the music that you selected, you're better off just picking an instrumental, uh, soothing type of music that can just be played in the background and doesn't draw much attention to itself. Keep the attention on the visuals, not the music. As far as title screens go, I think you could just skip right over those. Um, you know, wherever you upload the video, you can add titles, descriptions, links. You could put tags to it all sorts of stuff, all sorts of information. That's where those should go in an online video, uh, not necessarily inside the video itself. Uh, re- really, the only title screen you need is if you're a company, you just put your logo up there for a couple seconds, uh, or you know maybe your website or something like that, but you don't need photo credits or music credits or any of that kind of thing. Uh, skip over all that and just leave that
1: for the description box. So in concluding, Really, if a product is promising to to have you skip those good practice, um, basic husbandry, horticulture um, methods, all right, be skeptical. Um, Before you buy something, you know, discuss them with other hobbyists. Maybe they've had an experience with them. Um, Anecdotes can cut both ways, of course. Um, So get a kind of a general consensus of what the feeling is among hobbyists about these products. Um, before buying them you may learn something that you didn't know and it may save you some money um, Thank you for taking the time to listen, and I hope uh, this was helpful, and maybe you saved a few bucks I want to give a quick shout out to our friends Andre
0: Rotmistrovsky and Sol Liebeskind Who are kind enough to let us use a portion of their music in the beginning of the show I'll play a little bit for you here at the end Uh, Andre is just a fantastic bass player, super talented soul. has just a beautiful voice and together it's just really amazing. To find out more information about them, just go to the show notes for this episode, aquascapingpodcast.com, episode 13. Check out the show notes and I'll leave links to their uh, YouTube page and Facebook page. Okay, guys, have a good week and we'll see you next time.